Hello, hello, yes. Um, my name is Antoine Dinswan and one of the two chief editors of the RJ. And for this month's podcast, we are very fortunate to have Professor Vincent Cotin. Uh, Vincent is uh, one of our uh, leading associate editors. He is in charge of uh, all the papers related to uh, interstitial lung disease and more specifically with sarcoidosis. And uh, st starting from last month, Vincent and Joachim Müller-Kerham have started as editors of a very special series on the uh, sarcoidosis. So today, uh, with Vincent Cotin, we are going to uh, discuss on the interest of this review series on sarcoidosis. So uh, good, uh, good morning, uh, Vincent. So according to you, uh, which are the, the, the main news related to this uh, very interesting and yet uh, not very well understood disease? Hello, Antoine. It is nice uh, talking to you. Well, I'm very excited about this series because, you know, sarcoidosis is really an important disease for chest physicians. It's causing significant morbidity. It is a chronic disease in one third of the patients. It affects young adults. And it is actually not so rare because we estimate it is present in one in 6,000 persons in the general population and even more in uh, in some area of the world. So there are a lot of unmet needs, but we are trying in this review series to, to address a number of uh, issues that we think are important for the practicing physicians, and we really carefully chose the uh, topics of these uh, review series and the authors who, who are the best in the field. And uh, as, as far as far as I can understand, you you have you have chosen to to discuss very specific topics uh, uh, with uh, with the, the reviews of the series, starting with the the imaging. So, what's news with the imaging of sarcoidosis? Yes, so the the imaging is very important in sarcoidosis because obviously the the diagnosis is uh, uh, largely based on the imaging. The review will be uh, written by the, the group by Dominique Valère and uh, Hilario Nunes in Paris and the important message is that they discuss both the typical patterns and the less characteristic patterns and both are very important to be known. The typical pattern are the ones on which you suggest a diagnosis and that's obviously the HeLa lymphadenopathy and the perilymphatic micronodules or the uh, hilar retractile masses of uh, stage 4 sarcoidosis. But there are also a lot of uh, less characteristic patterns that they discuss, they present, and they show uh, examples of, for example, cavitation of the images, or nodular patterns, or alveolar opacities, or uh, the, the more recently described patterns, which are the sarcoid galaxy, and the sarcoid cluster, and for this you'll have to to uh, read the paper and see the examples. And they, what what is original in their review is that they also review the all the evidence available on the imaging and functional correlations, both at baseline and during the evolution of the disease with examples. So that's very useful for the clinicians. 
Yes, and but uh, the sarcoidosis is also and an, an mostly an inflammatory disease. And talking about inflammation, one is uh, tempted to talk about the, the, the metabolism. And I, I understand that there is another very important paper discussing about the role of PET scan in detecting the uh, metabolic activity in sarcoidosis. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, exactly. So the, this is written by the group by uh, Dr. Gruters, and uh, it is important because PET scan has progressively replaced gallium-67 scan in most centers in sarcoidosis. So it has become an important um, investigation in patients. It can help to target the, the biopsies. It also can suggest the, the involvement by the disease of sites which are difficult to access or with potential morbidity, morbidity especially the brain and the, the heart. However, it's expensive. It's not so specific. It causes significant radiation. And so we, we cannot routinely use it in just every patient. So the review will help us to synthesize the evidence and to suggest which are the situations where the PET scanning is useful. And especially that includes cardiac sarcoidosis. Yes, and uh, well, th thank you very much. And I think that you know, with all these techniques, uh, the, the 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 chest clinician uh, will be able to uh, diagnose more efficiently the, the the disease and also to 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 assess the, the severity of the disease. And now, now let's talk about about the symptoms. And I, I I've understood that among all the symptoms that, that one patient can have, there is one which is particularly very very perturbing. That is the chronic fatigue and there is also a special review dealing with that aspect. Yeah, so this is written by Margaret Trent in the Netherlands and she's really the uh, most experienced specialist about fatigue in patients with sarcoidosis. It is actually a major problem because fatigue is reported in up to 50 to 80 percent of patients with sarcoidosis. The, the cause of sarcoidosis, of uh, fatigue, is uh, reviewed and it is actually difficult to really uh, evaluate because it's multifactorial in most of the times and it can be enhanced by uh, many comorbidities including anemia, depression, anxiety, hypothyroidism, uh, altered sleep patterns, etc. So there are many uh, reasons for patients with sarcoidosis to be um, uh, to be uh, fatigued and uh, to have asthenia. And th there is no good correlation between this symptom and the uh, lung function test. So that suggests that other yet unknown pathogenic factors may take place. And this is an important area to target specific therapy for the future. Yes, and this simply highlights that sarcoidosis is a systemic disease and not only a, a, a lung disease. Talking about systemic disease... <laughs> We, we know that uh, sarcoidosis, uh, of course, involves the lung, but also the heart. And there will also be a paper, a special paper, dealing with the cardiac involvement in sarcoidosis. Yes, and heart involvement is more common than what was previously evaluated. In, uh, in some series, it's present in up to a fourth 
of the patients, at least at autopsy. And it may involve the heart, especially the conducting system. It may cause complete, complete heart block, but it may also involve the myocardium. And, and the granulomas and the fibrosis cause heart failure, syncope, sudden death due to ventricular arrhythmia. The, uh, th there is no single uh, useful investigation that we can use to diagnose the cardiac involvement. So this review will, will deal with all the possible tests we can use and, and tell us which are the strengths and which are the weaknesses of these available investigations and uh, especially review the uh, imaging techniques uh, in uh, cardiac sarcoidosis. Uh, one further question, which is uh, very nicely reviewed in the, in the review, is how to deal with patients with cardiac sarcoidosis detected by systemic imaging techniques, yet which, uh, who remain asymptomatic. So do, do we have to treat them or not? That's a very important question, and this is reviewed. Also reviewed are the, all the indications for the uh, cardiac investigations. Should we do systematically the electrocardiogram and so on? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Vincent. And, and, and we also know that uh, between the heart and the lung, there is a very special circulation, namely the pulmonary circulation. And there again, there, there is a very, very interesting uh, uh, study and, and uh, uh, paper that uh, was published last month uh, dealing with the pulmonary hypertension and sarcoidosis. Can you just comment on that? Yeah, so this one is already available uh, online and, and in the paper uh, issue of May. And, and it, it deals with pulmonary hypertension. And basically what it shows is that already seven series and one clinical trial have addressed the uh, possible um, benefit of using specific therapy for pulmonary arterial hypertension in these patients with cardiac sarcoidosis. This is a complication that occurs usually late in the course of the disease, but not always. And sometimes we have pulmonary hypertension in patients with not too severe parenchymal lung disease. So this review suggests that th there are at least some hints of possible benefit of uh, any treatment. And actually at the ATS Congress a few days ago, uh, a further study was uh, presented that uh, goes in the same direction as uh, this review. And since pulmonary hypertension is a, a marker of severity in these patients, it is treated and reviewed in the same issue as lung transplantation by the same authors. And lung transplantation has specific uh, difficulties in patients with sarcoidosis because uh, there is frequently multi-organ involvement. There is a specific risk of infection and especially fungal infections developing in cavities in the lung. And finally, there are surgical difficulties in patients with sarcoidosis due to, due to the, the bulky HeLa adenopathy and the, the perihela fibrosis. Mm -hmm. Well, and well, we also all know that uh, sarcoidosis is a very difficult disease to treat. But there are treatments of sarcoidosis, and I think that in this series there are two papers dealing with this very specific aspect of how to treat and how to manage patients with sarcoidosis. 
Yes, so the one one is the one on on pulmonary transplantation and, and how to deal with pulmonary hypertension. And the, the second one is by uh, Bob Bothman, who in Cincinnati, who is uh, really one of the world uh, experts about the management of patients with sarcoidosis. And he reviews the first the standard treatment, so when and how to use the corticosteroids in these patients. And corticosteroids still remain the, the standard therapy in these patients. That's the first line standard therapy in patients we need to treat. And also reviews the steroid uh, sparing agent, especially methotrexate, azathioprine, and leflunamide. There are also, as you know, um, new, newer biologic agents, since especially in fliximab and analimumab, and these are uh, nicely reviewed uh, regarding their indications and how to use them in patients with severe um, course of sarcoidosis. Well, thank you. And, and just to conclude, we, we know that if we want to, uh, to make progress in the understanding of a given disease, we need to do basic research. And the nice thing about these reviews is that there are three aspects of basic science that are covered by three different uh, reviews papers. So would you like to comment on uh, all those three papers, Masson? Yeah, so very briefly, I, we selected important issues in which there has been a lot of Im, uh, improvement over the last years. The genetics of sarcoidosis is, is probably one of the most important issues because it is uh, not so rare to, to uh, find patients with familial clustering of sarcoidosis. It occurs in up to 10% of the patients. And also, uh, we consider it's one of the best ways to progress in the understanding of this disease. And this has already led, a few years ago, to uh, discoveries of one of the main uh, genetic determinants of sarcoidosis, which is butyrophilin-like 2. And immunology, obviously, is also very important, and to only uh, name a few, the, the role of the regular regulatory T-cell lymphocytes, for example, and of the shift from Th1 to Th2 lymphocytes are very important in the formation of the granuloma and the fibrogenesis. And this is uh, nicely reviewed in an up-to-date review by uh, the group uh, by uh, Dr. Müller-Kernheim. And finally, the, the biomarker development is uh, still in progress. Uh, the old biomarkers were not so uh, useful for adaptation of treatment and for diagnosis. And we really hope that the, the newer ones will uh, really be uh, very useful for diagnosis and for assessing the disease activity. Well, thank you very much. And I think that we, we are all very excited about this series on sarcoidosis. And it was Antoine Dinswan from Paris and Vincent Cotin from Lyon commenting on a review series, a special review series on sarcoidosis, which is currently published in the European Respiratory Journal. Thank you very much, Vincent. Thank you very much. And I, I hope the readers will enjoy reading these uh, review articles. Thank you.